0: choose your princess wisely a good omen's multivoice voice, written by the wolf chapter two the witch of jasmine cottage the first hurdle in the start of what aziraphale is hoping will be a very fruitful partnership is travel arrangements he explains that he has contacts in the township of london which sit at the center of the five provinces, and will serve as a good base of operations between fulfilling different tasks on the list. Of course, there's the matter of getting there, especially when his favorite mode of transportation is rather singular.
1: Prince Anthony, how shall I, um, carry you on our journeys?
0: He asks. As they exit the front entrance of the castle into the bright late morning sunshine, the little serpent hadn't had too much difficulty keeping up with his strides, but it seems like an awful lot of effort for such a small creature, and certainly won't serve for longer travel or, Gods forbid, travelling through any villages. The poor thing would be trampled within moments. Do
2: you have a cloak?
0: The prince asks, staring up at him with bright yellow eyes, his head weaving slightly as he stretches it up from the ground. In the sunlight, Aziraphale can see that his underbelly scales are a handsome red.
1: Yes, in my pack,
0: he says, placing a hand behind him on a satchel, hanging from straps looped over his shoulders.
2: If you keep the hood down, I can ride in there. I'll be able to see what you see, but it will be easy to hide if need be.
1: Oh, that's quite clever,
0: Aziraphil exclaims, and shrugs off his pack to dig out one of his lighter cloaks.
2: That pack is too small for that cloak, the
1: prince observes
0: flatly when Aziraphil shakes it free. Aziraphil flashes him a conspiratorial smile.
1: A souvenir from a previous quest. It can hold an entire wardrobe's worth of gear.
0: He shrugs the pack back on, and then holds the cloak by the shoulders, offering the basket the hood makes out to the prince, who quickly slips inside. From there, it's just a matter of taking extra care in draping it over his shoulders. A moment after he's affixed the clasp, he feels a slight weight on his left shoulder, and when he glances... He sees the prince has propped himself up, so his head is on level with his ear.
2: Oh, this is perfect,
0: the prince says, a bit of extra sibilance stretching out the phrase. flesh prickles Aziraphale's neck at how close and intimate his voice sounds so close to his ear.
1: I'm glad it will serve, Prince Antony.
0: He returns agreeably.
1: Though I do recommend ducking back down into the hood for this next bit. I'm not sure how disorientating it will be for a a passenger. What?
0: The prince demands in understandable confusion.
1: If I will it, my boots can take us to London in seven steps. But the sensation makes even me a bit unnerved, and I'm the one doing the actual movement. You have a pair of bloody seven-league boots.
0: The prince demands, voice a lot more strident than the princely tones he's been taking care to effect to this point.
3: It doesn't occur to Aziraphale that there might be anything suspicious about the change. As a member of the gentry, and even in some of the necessary interactions in his role as the hero of the quest, he is intimately familiar with the necessity of putting on certain airs.
1: They really are terribly efficient.
3: He offers in conciliatory tones.
0: They're actually a bit notorious for being a pain to use because of how commonly they inflict nausea on the user and how easy it is to miscalibrate your destination and end up God knows
3: where. Crowley is merely outraged by the distressing number of highly rare, highly enchanted, highly valuable items Azerophil is casually whipping out.
2: I'd say so. Another souvenir, then?
0: Uh, quite
2: good thing i haven't eaten recently
0: the prince mutters and aziraphale feels him retreat back down his shoulder presumably to coil up entirely inside the cloak-hood well off we pop he says with overdone cheer and steps forward with the western road leading into london firmly affixed in his mind Seven rushing, jolting steps with scenery kaleidoscoping past, and he comes to a halt just to the side of the road, not twenty paces from the official border of the town. His stomach gives an uneasy royal before settling, and he reflexively pulls out a lemon flavored boiled sweet from one of his deeper pouches devoted to provisions.
1: We're here, Prince Anthony,
0: he says tucking the sweet into his cheek so he can speak around it easily Uh, how are you feeling a soft moan wafts up from the depths of the cloak
1: hood and aziraphale winces perhaps you should come up and take a look about looking at the line of the horizon helps i found
0: after a moment aziraphale feels the soft pressure of the prince emerging from the hood the serpent stops with his chin pressed flat to his, ear his shoulder he looks down at the prince with some concern he didn't think it was possible for serpents to look poorly but here's proof miserably scenting the air with half-hearted flicks of his tongue
2: how is this physiological possible prince anthony growls i haven't eaten anything there isn't even anything to be nauseated over.
0: The unspoken...
1: And yet...
0: hangs in the air between them.
1: That's the, um, ineffability of magic for you, I suppose.
0: Aziraphale says in what he hopes is a rallying tone. Judging by the venomous head tilt he gets from the snake, he probably
1: missed the mark. Well... Let's make our way to my contact's cottage to see about securing a room and getting a few inquiries put out, shall we? Let me know when we get there,
0: the prince mutters, and oozes back down into the hood. Probably for the best, Aziraphale considers, as he makes his way into the light traffic of merchants, villagers, and miscellaneous travelers streaming in and out of the western entrance to the town. The largely decorative town militia has a pair of guards at the gate, keeping a beady eye on the travellers, occasionally hailing anyone they deem suspicious by whatever criteria the head of the militia has worked himself into a state over lately.
3: A few years ago, Chatwell had gotten into a lather about witch familiars, never mind a tidy cottage industry of witches of varying specializations that support roughly a quarter of the township's economy he'd only backed down once madame tracy head of the witches guild had intervened it didn't hurt that his apprentice newton had recently started dating a witch as well
0: he doesn't think they'd take exception to the prince's form but it doesn't hurt to enter on the side closer to young newton just to be safe
3: welcome back mr messenger
0: newt greets with an awkward wave as the xerophil approaches
1: Good morning, Private Pulsifer. He
0: says, pausing for a quick handshake.
1: I'm just headed to the cottage by way of the market to pick up a few uh, offerings.
3: Read, bribes.
1: Should I expect to see you at lunch?
0: He fears the prince stir in the hood.
1: Not today, I'm afraid.
3: Shadwell wants the lot of us for a briefing.
0: Newt says with a put-upon
1: frown. I see. Uh, "'Good luck,'
0: Aziraphale offers.
1: "'Oh, I shall be setting off for a new quest. "'Anything in particular I should be on the lookout for on your behalf.' "'Again?'
3: Newt
0: asks, incredulous.
3: "'Have you even been home since that business in Soho?'
0: His smile turns brittle, and it's a fight to keep his tone light, knowing the prince can't help but eavesdrop on the conversation.'
1: Just long enough for Gabriel to give me the news about this new opportunity. May, if you don't mind me saying... Newt begins,
0: all low-voiced awkward concern, and reaching out a hand to grasp tentatively at his upper arm.
1: Another time, if you don't mind, my dear boy. He
0: cuts in smoothly, sidestepping to avoid the tentative offer
1: of comfort. I'll be setting out first thing tomorrow, and I have a fair bit of preparations to attend to. Send a note to Our Lady by this evening, if you think of anything.
0: Newt grimaces at him in clear disapproval, but doesn't hold him up as he strides away. The prince doesn't comment, but the silence is almost a physical presence radiating from his hood. As ignores it, and only offers up a few questions regarding preferred diet, when they're in the press of the market. The prince grudgingly says a few eggs won't go amiss, though he'll likely take care of his own meals for the most part. On this advice, Aziraphale picks up a small basket of quail eggs in addition to the other odds and ends he picks up for lunch. When the door to Jasmine Cottage opens to his knock, he has a bottle of blackberry flower meat brandished in a defensive position. This doesn't do as much as you would hope to soften the incredible scowl Anathema gives him when she registers who's on her doorstep.
1: Good morning, my dear. I've brought lunch,
0: he rushes to say, holding the bottle out a little farther, and favouring the witch with his most winning smile. She says flatly.
4: I thought I told you I didn't want to see you darkening my door again for at least a full month.
0: The prince, who had been coiling a bit restlessly in the hood once xerophil had mentioned they'd reached their destination, freezes completely.
1: Uh, yes, well, the most interesting opportunity came up and the whole family was anxious to see me off. He says. Did I mention I brought lunch? smoked salmon those little crusty rolls you like strawberries a deliciously pungent goat cheese
0: he trails off voice turning increasingly pitchy as anathema's Claire doesn't waver finally she steps back holding the door open wider in silent invitation he ducks in and shuffles directly to the table in the kitchen unloading his heart from the little cloth market bag he produced from his pouch earlier.
1: Shall I open this up, my dear? Or I could put the kettle on.
0: He offers, waggling the bottle meaningfully when he hears Anathema stalk in after him.
4: Kettle. I can already feel the headache coming on.
0: She pronounces darkly and drops stiff-backed into her usual chair. Aziraphale flushes and obediently turns to the cabinets to put away the meat and pull out the tin of dried chamomile. It doesn't escape him that Anathema always does a better job of inspiring actual guilt in him when he fails to live up to her expectations than Gabriel has ever managed.
1: Please don't be cross with me,
0: he pleads softly, as he puts the filled kettle on the boiler the staff belly already lit in preparation for midday meal.
4: Who should I be cross at, then? She
0: asks in an affected, reasonable tone.
4: Gabriel? Michael? They're not here for me to be cross at, are they? If this interesting opportunity is so important, why doesn't one of the other messenger siblings look into it? Gods know there are enough of you.
0: Ziraphil winces at how quickly she's gone straight for the jacula, though he realises he shouldn't be surprised.
1: Uh, If you don't mind, could we discuss this a bit later? I'm afraid we have company, and I wouldn't want to bore him with um, family drama. What? Anathema asks, squinting
0: and looking around the room rapidly, no doubt searching out a different aura.
1: He supposes the princess is masked by his own. Well, the interesting opportunity also happens to be a very noble cause.
0: He says, awkwardly chuckling at his own pun, and swallowing it down at Anathema's glower. A prince cursed
1: by a fae from the night court.
0: He clarifies.
1: I've pledged to help him regain his true form. What? Anathema says. Much
0: flatter. He turns his head to try to peer back into the depths of the cloak hood.
1: Prince Antony, I know you're feeling poorly, but would you mind coming out for a moment so I may introduce you to Mistress Anathema Device, which I am hoping she'll be an invaluable asset to us as we work to free you from your curse.
0: He flashes a hopeful smile back at Anathema as he says this. Cold sweat beating on his forehead at the stony expression on her face. An eternity of seconds later, the prince lifts up to the perch on his left shoulder, tongue flicking out nervously. Um, he rasps.
2: Uh, hello, Mistress Anathema. Very nice to make your
1: acquaintance. No need to worry, Prince Anthony.
0: As Raphael hastens to assure, worried at the stilted tone and overall nervous energy radiating from the serpent.
1: Anathema is a consummate professional. She would never let a personal quarrel with me interfere with fulfilling a contract. And I do believe we can convince her to undertake one to help us fulfill our quest to regain your human form. The prince
0: makes some sort of choked hissing sound at this pronouncement and aziraphale throws a desperate look at anathema who is still sitting eerily still with a disturbing lack of expression on her face he winds his eyes in a silent plea certainly she wouldn't be so cold-hearted as to turn down an animal transformation curse Her own dear Newton had briefly been subject to a wildly unethical witch's idea of a prank in his home village before he and his mother had relocated to London some years ago.
4: Tell me, Prince Antony,
0: she says, placing a strange amount of emphasis on his
4: name. Do you wish to contract my services to help you gain a human body? Uh, yeah, yep. The
0: princess, head bobbing in an approximation of a knot, and voice sounding strangled. Hmm. She says neutrally, before suddenly favoring a zero fear with her most melting smile.
4: Of course I would be honored to help. We'll need to drop an official contract, and I'll, of course, need to charge my usual fees. I'm assuming you'll want to rent the spare room and make use of my network at minimum. If you need to acquire any enchanted objects, I can also provide my services verifying their provenance.
0: The rush of relief at the about face has Aziraphale feeling weak
1: at the knees. Oh, bless you, Anathema, dear. That is exactly what I was wanting to discuss with you. You really must have your grandmother's talent for prophecy. She grins, showing a few too many teeth.
4: Not at all. Sometimes things are just terribly predictable.
0: He swears and hears Prince Anthony whimper, but the kettle begins to sing, so he can't be sure. Anathema takes an undue amount of relish in drawing up the contract after lunch, but he does appreciate the care she takes in explaining each service and the corresponding fee to the prince. These things can get pricey in a hurry. And to those uninitiated in questing, the cost can come as a nasty shock. Aziraphil is already doing the maths in his head of how much extra of certain items on their task list he should plan to collect to help offset her fees. It seems a fitting dowry for whichever of his siblings he can match to the prince. The fleas, herbs, and crystal fruit are the most obvious choices. The chameleon wizard is a right prick, and trolls are a little too unpredictable to count on getting more than the one blessing and favor respectively. Everything else is a one and done artifact, but there might be opportunities to pick up a barter for a few other items, depending on their current locations.
3: In his experience, Hoarders of treasurer are shockingly blasé about trading over items from their sash in exchange for a bit of home repair or pest control. Sometimes he thinks he should have cards made up titling him Seventh Son and Magical Handyman.
0: Honestly, this is where having a Seventh Son's luck does make the difference in his success rate. Finding the capital to fund his quests does always seem to work itself out with a bit extra. Too bad, it's never quite enough to fulfill his brother's definition of a fortune. When Aziraphale announces after lunch that he needs to run some additional errands in preparation for their first few quests, Crowley backs off, feigning the lingering effects of his improbable nausea. The hero, who Crowley is beginning to suspect might actually shed sunshine, fusses and installs him in the room they'll be renting in a veritable nest he whips out of a wide shallow bowl borrowed from a suspiciously straight-faced anathema and an
1: ever warm afghan
0: he produces from his magical knapsack
1: i won't be long just need to visit the postmaster to send out a few inquiries and pick up a few items i think'll be of use any requests for dinner Contract or not, I do believe it would be in our best interests to ply out our witch with something scrumptious.
0: All this is said as he fusses with the drape of the blanket and eyeballs the trajectory of the sunbeam inching across the floor so he can scoot the bowl just so in its path.
2: I'll be fine. I'll have a few of those eggs. And when we get on the road tomorrow, I'll take care of things.
0: He's found it's better with marks to be tactful about the fact that he semi regularly ingurgitates cute furry things whole.
2: Go on, I'll just have a kip.
0: Aziraphil obligingly holds his arm out so his hand hovers, palm down, just next to the bowl, allowing Crowley to sidle down and coil up in the admittedly perfectly toasty blanket. So toasty, in fact, and so nicely positioned in the warm afternoon sunlight, that Crowley allows himself a short bask as he listens to the sounds of the hero navigating the creaky stairs, bidding the witch farewell and firmly closing the door behind him. After a full five minutes, long enough to guard against the possibility of a quick pop back round in the event something was left behind. He reluctantly oozes out of the nest and hustles down the stairs to find Anathema.
4: Crowley,
0: she says in a dark tone from her work table, when he enters the front room. Don't even start with me, witch, he grouses, slinking up the leg of the table and coiling around a sturdy ceramic jug of something or other on the edge of the table. Crucially it's just fine enough that she'd have to overextend her reach to get at him and also risk appending said jug all over her current project something with herbs and ribbon
4: the only reason i didn't expose you on the spot is because it would violate our contract
0: she continues blatantly ignoring him it would absolutely
2: violate our contract
0: He agrees mildly. But really, Anathema. He says, drawing out the vowels of her name. How many years have
2: we known each other? You wouldn't throw me over for some gentry punts.
0: The way her eyebrows practically levitate off her brow eloquently suggests otherwise and Crowley fights to keep from squeezing the jug in agitation.
4: I haven't known him long, but that man is as close to the heroic ideal as I've ever encountered,
0: she says with a surprising amount of vehemence.
4: The town adores him. Madame Tracy bakes for him.
2: How come I haven't ever encountered this paragon of virtue,
0: then? He grouses. If he were in the practice of letting himself feel shame, he imagines he might start feeling it right about now. But honestly, Aziraphil may seem nice enough on the surface, but he's still an obviously rich member of the kind of class high enough to feel the need to put on holier-than-thou airs and not nearly high enough to remotely justify it. He probably has an oil painting of himself, holding a small yappy dog hanging over a fireplace somewhere, for someone's sake.
4: He's been questing mostly in Haven or along the border between Brittany and Norseland these past two years.
0: She waves a bundle of dried sage in the air distractedly eastward.
4: You've only been this far east regularly in the last year or so. Bad timing.
0: He briefly considers interrogating her further about what the hero has done to be bestowed the honor of Tracy's infrequent but famous culinary favor. But figures it wouldn't be very self-preserving to learn more about what a nice person the man he's about to screw out of a lot of time and hard work and money is.
2: What's the deal with his family?
0: He asks instead. Hoping for drama, and also curious about just who Aziraphil thinks he's going to foist Crowley onto at the end of the quest. Anathema scowls and knots a bit of ribbon around a bundle of lavender so viciously the tail snaps off at the knot.
4: Ask him. He doesn't like people gossiping about it.
0: Crowley lets out a skeptical hum, but, eyeing the mangled stems of the lavender, Drops the subject. Crowley, she says quietly, after she set aside the unfortunate lavender and tied up a few more bundles in relatively peaceful silence. He raises his head from the lip of the jug, where he'd been idly resting it, to let her know she has his attention. After a moment of grim-faced contemplation, she locks eyes with him.
4: I think you should just tell him. He might be a little upset, but he's a soft touch. If you get poetic enough about your dreams, I bet he would help you regardless.
0: He twitches the tip of his tail in what he likes to think is a very sarcastic manner. Think or no? She shrugs.
2: Yeah, not good enough for me. If this guy is good enough at his job as you and, apparently, the whole of London seem to think he is, this is probably my best shot at getting everything together in one go.
4: I'm not getting any younger... You are full-blooded Dark Fae. You are effectively immortal.
2: And I'm tired of trying to make my way in the human world with only this body. I have been working toward this since before your grandmother was a twinkle in her grandmother's grandmother's eye. I finally have the spell, the list, the willing witch, and the means to get the ingredients. I'm not wasting this opportunity on a think. Just...
0: She trailed off with a harp.
4: Be mindful. He is a genuinely good person. Practically an angel, they call him that, you know. I don't think you'll like yourself at the end of this if you don't at least try to avoid completely screwing him over.
2: I don't know if you've noticed, but I con people for a living.
4: Not kids.
2: She shoots back.
4: Not sweet old people and kind beggars and those afflicted in mind or body. You have a code, Serpent, even if you won't admit to it
2: yeah he draws and he's a middling-aged rich able-bodied toff he'll get over it
0: anathema lops a slightly crushed clump of dried chamomile at him so it bounces off his coils but mercifully drops the subject when nazirafid returns that evening nude and tow he proudly presents crowley with a skewer of three whole-roasted mice, lightly glazed with
1: honey. I thought perhaps it would be a nice compromise between your former and current uh, anatomy and palate, and it saves you the trouble of hunting tomorrow,
0: he explains with a pleased purse to his mouth. Crowley gracefully accepts them and praises the meal as both thoughtful and delicious. It's not even a put-on, he grudgingly admits to himself. He tries to convince himself it's a good thing that, if he's going to be in the man's company for several weeks or months, he can continue to look forward to these small luxuries. Anathema makes a lot of pointed eye contact with him while sipping her tea, but thankfully remains silent.